This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk to nicely. The storm came without warning. It even took the best meteorologists by surprise. Many different news outlets reported confusion as that summer night was meant to be clear. But dark clouds formed rapidly in the Washington mountains and then descended into the suburbs. While this may have ruined some people's plans that day, my little brother and I were ecstatic. We loved to climb up on our roof and watch the distant dance of lightning. And so did my two best friends, Amber and Alan. Amber, Alan, and I had been best friends since elementary school. We all graduated the year before and were now home for our first college summer. We had planned to see each other the following weekend, but with the sudden storm, I called them that day and they both agreed to come over to watch the sky. We greeted each other excitedly, then pulled out my dad's ladder from the garage and scrambled up to the roof. I placed towels down on the shingles, which would keep us from sliding down as we lay there. The sky was covered in gray fluff now. No sign of blue peeked through. We turned our gaze to a distant darkness where the storm was more intense. From that distance, we didn't see any solid branches of lightning. Instead, there were flashes of light throbbing behind the hills of clouds. My little brother, Henry, sat with his knees pulled up to his face, his eyes fixed on the blooming light in the distance. Amber patted his back. Are you excited for next year, buddy? You're going to be in middle school for the first time. That's a big change. Henry lifted his head. Yeah, I guess so. I'm kind of scared. What are you scared of? Amber asked. I don't know. It'll just be different. I don't like when things are different. Yeah, I get that. But different can be good, too. And you still have your friends, right? Henry nodded. Some of them. But Mark is going to a different school next year. Alan sat up and looked at Henry. The Jacobsons are moving? Henry shook his head. No, they're staying here. Mark is just going to a different school. They think there are better classes there or something. He put his face back into his knees. I rested my hand on his shoulder and gave him a friendly squeeze. Well... Alan began. There are better classes pretty much everywhere. Oh yeah, smart guy, I said. How is MIT anyway? Yeah, Amber joined in. Tell us about your fancy school, nerd. Alan comically pushed his glasses up the bridge of his nose and spoke in an over-the-top nasally voice. It's an adequate school with adequate teachers. My best friend is a computer, and my girlfriend is a calculator. Then he began moving his arms rigidly and made robot sounds. We all stared at him for a moment, then burst out laughing. What was that? 
I asked. Alan laughed and returned to normal. I don't know. Just felt right. But anyway, MIT is great. I feel like I can actually challenge myself. I mostly taught myself everything in high school. But now I have professors who can guide me and help me grow. That's awesome, dude, I said. A crack of thunder sounded out and the sky darkened. Henry shook excitedly. It's getting closer. We could now see actual bolts of lightning stretching out across the darkness and water began to drizzle on us. The sun had set and there was now a deep darkness that was only broken by the flashes of light. What is that? Amber asked, but the light had passed and it was dark again. What is what? I asked. Amber was silent. Another flash of lightning lit up the night. I saw it too. When the light struck, the clouds illuminated, their color softened. But there were dark shapes that remained in the clouds, unperturbed by the illumination. I couldn't make out what I was seeing. The light disappeared too fast. With each flash, the strange shapes were in different positions, but they were always close together. It made me think of some kind of machine. There were solid objects in the clouds. The rain came down heavier, and I suggested that we all get off the roof as it would soon become dangerously slick. We climbed down the ladder, and I was careful to help Henry get down safely. Let's watch in the grass, Henry said. I looked at Amber. She shrugged. Sure, why not? We have a warm shower inside when we need it. I'll watch from the porch, Alan said. You guys have fun. I think we all silently agreed to ignore the shapes in the sky, to just dismiss it as some strange phenomenon we couldn't explain. We chose to enjoy the storm. Amber, Henry, and I all laid down in the grass. The rain was strong and covered us. It was hard to even keep my eyes open as the water flooded them, but it was a magnificent view of the storm. Then the rain stopped, we all sat up. I still heard the rain, but it wasn't touching me. Looking around the yard and at the neighbor's houses, I saw that we were somehow in a circular dry spot. The rain still beat on the roofs of our neighbors, but it didn't touch our yard. Above us in the clouds was a black pit, the eye of the storm. I thought that we might see the night sky, but the hole in the center of the storm was impossibly black. I supposed there weren't any stars out that night. I heard a strange sound. It was almost like thunder, but it was more mechanical. It was as if there was a sound attempting to disguise itself as thunder. I think we should go inside, I said. Yeah, Amber said. Something feels off. We got up and proceeded to walk to the back door. I turned. Henry was standing in the middle of the yard still. His face turned up toward the eye of the storm, that black pit. Henry, I called, come on. He continued to stand there and stare. I took a step forward. The world, everything, disappeared. There were only two things that remained, light and sound. Then those left too and there was only darkness and silence. Then a high-pitched ringing began to rise. It intensified in my ears. I became vaguely aware of my body on the ground. Slowly, my vision returned. Someone was grabbing me, pulling me up. They were yelling, but the sound of their voice was muffled and far away. When I finally became fully aware of my surroundings, 
I found that I was sitting on the couch in my living room, soaking wet. There was something in the corner of my vision. It followed wherever I looked and wouldn't go away no matter how much I blinked. It was the silhouette of Henry, the last thing I had been looking at before. Whatever happened, it seemed to be burned into my cornea. Alan and Amber were with me, holding my hands. My mother was sobbing in the kitchen. I kept hearing her say, Where did he go? But I was right here. Did she not know I was sitting in the living room? I looked at Amber, who was staring at me intently. What's going on? I asked. You were struck, or almost struck, by lightning, Amber said. What? I said. It struck right in the backyard, Alan said. Right on, well, he looked away. I suddenly realized what my mother was asking. Where is Henry? I asked. We, um, we don't know, Amber said. But your dad called the police, and they're going to look for him. We'll find him, Danny. I don't understand, I said. Is he okay? Did he get hit by the lightning? Where did he go? Well, Alan said. From where I was standing, it looked like he did. But then he was just gone. And there wasn't even a burn mark anywhere. Your dad thinks Henry was just scared and confused and ran in the wrong direction. He is probably in the neighborhood somewhere. The police came and surveyed our backyard. They asked us some questions, and then they said they would do everything they could, and they left. That day stretched into a week, and there was no sign of Henry. Amber and Alan became distant. Alan only called me once at the end of the week to ask what I saw that night. He was asking about the shapes in the clouds, the dark patches. I told him what I could, but I could barely describe them. He thanked me and then hung up. That infuriated me. I needed my friends and they were gone, but he had the nerve to call me out of nowhere to ask some ridiculous question with no explanation. I called Amber a few times after what happened. She seemed to be ignoring me at first. Finally, she answered and quickly said that she just needed to be alone and couldn't talk to me. Then I didn't hear from her anymore. I hated being at my house. My mother had withdrawn into herself. The only emotion she showed was when she occasionally broke down and sobbed. My father was trying, I could see that, but there was just a lot on his plate. He would try to awkwardly ask me how I was doing and then not have much to say after that. I should have been out exploring the beautiful Washington wilderness that summer, but I became deeply depressed and mostly stayed in my room. And as the time since Henry vanished became two months, I felt like I was going crazy. I just didn't understand it. Where did he go? There was a flash and he was gone. I guess it was lightning, but it didn't seem like lightning. I couldn't talk to anyone else about this, but something felt off about that night. That strange sound I heard, the crushing blackness in the eye of the storm, and the way the lightning struck. And why was there no scorch mark? And how could Henry just disappear? These questions buzzed around my head like flies on a decaying corpse. And to add to my frustration, I still had the imprint of Henry on my eyes. It was a grayish silhouette of him standing there, looking up. The light had permanently damaged my cornea. And now no matter where I looked, I saw Henry floating there. It made me want to scream. 
I was sitting alone with my thoughts one day, half considering gouging my eyes out with a spoon to remove Henry from them. When my phone buzzed, it was Alan. I picked up. What do you want? I asked. We need to talk. Can you come over to my place? I was angry and wanted to hang up, but I also couldn't stand the thought of being alone in my room another day. So I agreed and drove over to Alan's place. Amber's car was parked outside. Had they been hanging out without me? I walked in the house and up to Alan's room. I opened his door and my anger was momentarily drowned out by surprise. His room was a mess. It was covered in strange electronic equipment, things that looked like small satellites and batteries. His walls were covered with graphs and small text. Alan was sitting at his computer, looking at a complicated program with lines and numbers I didn't understand. Amber was on his bed. They both turned and ran up to me and hugged me. What's going on? I asked, not hugging them back. We have a lot to cover, Alan said. You might want to sit down. Seeing my friends for the first time since Henry disappeared made my eyes water. Where have you guys been? I needed you. Amber hugged me again. I'm so sorry, Danny. But listen to Alan. He'll explain. So, Alan began. I'm going to say a lot, and I just need you to listen. You can ask questions after. Anyway, you're probably wondering about all this equipment. Well, my uncle used to be into collecting data on storms. This is dumbing it down, but basically, he would measure them and their frequencies and track them, stuff like that. I borrowed some of his equipment and modified it myself. That night that Henry, you know, something felt off about it. We've seen a lot of storms together and that one was weird. So I started chasing the storms myself, all over Washington, down to Oregon, even one in Canada. I collected data around here and compared it to what is typical. And most of it was typical, but every now and then, I found a storm that wasn't normal. A storm that seemed to come out of nowhere unnaturally, like the one we saw that night. And the frequencies it puts out aren't normal. This one storm seems to move around. You and Amber saw things in the clouds that night. I didn't, but that's okay. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, Danny, is that I don't think this is a storm at all. I think there is something up there, like a machine, and it disguises itself like a storm. I know this is a lot. How are you doing? My mouth was slightly open, and I was just staring at him. I, look, can you just get to the point? Alan sighed. Right, well, I don't want to upset you. That's why I waited so long before mentioning any of this. I wanted to gather evidence first. But it seems like whatever this thing is, it collects people. And I think that's what happened to Henry. I stood up, and my anger stood up with me. You're trying to tell me that Henry was abducted? Are you saying there are aliens hanging around Washington? I mean, seriously, Alan, what are you talking about? Alan motioned me to his computer and pulled up a video. Amber and I recorded this the other night when we tracked down the storm. Just watch. I watched the video play on high speed. The storm rolled through the sky and there were flashes of lightning like normal. Then I started to make out the strange dark shapes and they gathered together in one spot. Then I saw it, a specific flash of lightning. It was thicker than the rest and it didn't curve or branch. 
It was a perfectly straight line coming down from the eye of the storm to somewhere behind the tree line. That doesn't look right, I said. It's not right, Amber said. Lightning doesn't do that. Alan looked at me. And the next morning, police reported a missing person from that area. I know this is a lot, Danny, but there's one more thing. I felt a little detached, not quite sure what to make of all this. What is it? We ran out to where we saw that straight beam of light in the forest. There was no sign of anyone. But while searching around, Amber saw something fall from the sky and land in the tree branches. It was a camera, and it was still recording when we found it. So what? I said. It fell from the sky, Danny, Amber said. We think it belonged to the person who was taken. And if it fell after and was still recording, that means it probably recorded whatever was happening up there. I have the SD card, Alan said. We haven't looked at it yet. We were waiting for you. And if you tell us not to look at it, I'll destroy it right now. And we can be done with this forever. I want to see it, I said. Alan nodded and put the SD card into his computer. It was filled with pictures and videos of the storm. But there was one video at the end that was much longer. Alan opened it. The man with the camera was recording the rain stopping in a wide circle. He pointed the camera up at the eye of the storm. Then I heard that strange, guttural, mechanical noise I heard the night and vanished. The screen turned white, then it turned black. It was black for a while, and I thought the feed cut out. But then there was motion. The camera was dangling from the man's neck pointed at the floor, swinging back and forth. Something was carrying the man. The floor of wherever they were was made of gray metal. We all held our breath. We were seeing inside of whatever was making this fake storm. As the camera swung back and forth, we got glimpses of something horrifying, something that wasn't human. I couldn't quite make it out, but the feet of the thing looked like hooves, and the skin of its leg looked like lizard skin. The man must have been passed out because he wasn't saying anything. Suddenly, the camera fell to the floor, and it was pointed at a circular room with an odd-looking chair. We could only see half of the chair, and the creature moved on the side the camera couldn't see. It tossed the man into the chair and strapped him down. All we saw was an arm that looked like a tentacle. The man woke up and began screaming. What's going on? Let me go! Then it was clear he locked eyes with his captor, because whatever he saw made him scream. I had never heard a man scream like this before. It was as if his sanity broke. A machine with a large needle lowered from the ceiling and plunged into his neck. It was draining his blood, or maybe his water. The man shriveled up before our eyes. He looked like a pale raisin. There was no fluid left in his body. The needle departed from his neck, and the machine rose up out of the camera's field of view. The tentacle arm unstrapped the husk of a man and pulled it out of the chair. The camera went black again for a while, until it was apparently tossed from the ship. On its way down, it snagged in a tree and was facing downward. I saw the image of Amber pointing up at it and climbing the tree. Alan stopped the video. Alan and Amber stared at me and said nothing. Henry was floating there, just in my peripheral vision. Henry, I said quietly. They, they did that to Henry. 
Amber looked sick. But still, she tried to comfort me. Danny, I'm so sorry. But maybe Henry is still... No! I shouted and stood up in fury. You saw what I saw. That thing, whatever it is, killed Henry. Thunder sounded outside. A storm had overshadowed the neighborhood, and rain was coming down. I ran from Alan's house, straight into the middle of the cul-de-sac. Looking up at the dark sky, I began shouting, You killed my brother, you fuckers! Alan ran toward me. Danny, this is just a normal storm. I'll kill you! I shouted into the indifferent dark sky. Wherever you are, I'll find you, and I'll kill you if it's the last thing I do. You hear me? Then my anger turned to horrific grief, and I collapsed on the ground, sobbing. Alan and Amber sat next to me, and each placed a hand on my shoulder. I stared up at the pulsating sky of gray. There Henry was, that dark silhouette, floating wherever I looked. He would always be there, just out of reach. <laughs>